This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. And David, you just got back from Poland, and you were there as part of a meeting for the Religious Liberties Partnership. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you were doing there and the interaction you had with some of the other leaders who are also helping those who are in the persecuted church. Yeah, I will, Mark. I feel like this is a reunion because it's been actually between you and I, we have been very busy. It's been a few weeks, me traveling and all things you've been involved in. And so I did get just back from Poland and we are part, uh, SOM International is part of a organization called Religious Liberties Partners. And there's about a hundred organizations we're all evangelical Christian coming together in unity of the issue of freedom, of belief, and worship. And so that's pretty much around the persecuted church. Uh, the, we, they even take up uh, issues sometimes of even other minorities or religious groups that don't have that freedom. Because if one doesn't have freedom, none have freedom. And it's Christ who gave freedom to choose him or even walk away. So that's the amazing power of the gospel as leaders. So as I thought about this trip and what I, I saw, I just wanted to hedge at the beginning, since we're a leadership uh, podcast, that really the leadership principle I saw, Mark, was uh, collaboration. And how the scriptures really leads us to be collaborate together, to be that body that when we're separated from one another, we're least effective. But together as a body, we're most effective. So, David, tell me how the church is coming together in Poland. Now, my understanding is that people from the Ukraine are beginning to travel to Poland as refugees. Uh, Tell me what's going on as people are fleeing from the Ukraine into some of these neighboring countries and how the church is stepping in. Yeah, so, so there we are right next to Ukraine. And what's crazy is this conference was delayed for two and a half years and it was scheduled in Ukraine for the pandemic and two times it had to be rescheduled because of the pandemic. So finally it gets rescheduled. We're ready to go. We're going to go to Kiev, uh, Ukraine for this conference of all these organizations. And then of course, Russia lines up on the border and our conference ends up right in the middle of it. And so within two months, they had to move it to Poland. Again, another associate uh, organization there was willing to host us. And and so that pulled off the last minute. We were able to all make that happen. And so here we are right in Warsaw, Poland, and many of the Ukrainians there, refugees and along the border. And so we were able to take in the refugees uh, or many of the leaders, pastors came to the conference and were encouraged. We're able to share their heart of what's going on in Ukraine. I mean, how devastating this is, how difficult it is. Uh, And so right there, Mark, you know, like SOMUSA, we don't have presence in Ukraine, but we're with some other organizations that are trusted that do. So because we are there, we are able to even meet them. And even SOM International, we were able to give some funds to the Ukrainians just because of the association, able to be involved in some encouragement um, and, and just and then praying for them. Uh, so, so there's where that collaboration came from. That I saw the power of it, and I thought, "Wow, what an amazing organization!" We get to associate with CEOs, 
and encourage one another. And some of the things that was so one of the so obviously the highlight was hearing about Ukraine, what's going on, and is and along religious liberties. Mark, one of the pastors shared with us that you know he in his family, three quarters of his family was killed during the Soviet Union days. He and that was 1992, so really not that long ago. That they're afraid for the Soviet Union. His his grandfather was a pastor. His uncle was a pastor, and they were both killed. His aunt was a dedicated Christian killed, and many other uh, believers in their family because of their Christian faith. And, and so he remembers still clearly those days where they had little to no freedom to express their faith, to meet together without control, to share Christ with others. And um, he says in these 30 years here, they've just grown to be one of the most free nations uh, with religious rights and expression of belief and uh, faith. And, and so it's just been glorious. And there's, he showed there's over 30,000 evangelical churches, and, and they even claimed 95% of the churches started in Russia had been started by Ukrainians. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, I didn't know either, so I was learning all these things. Um, and, and, and so here they are grieving that Russia's coming in, that they're going to lose that freedom they had. And here's what was interesting while we begin to see it was a religious issue behind this war. Because like in Crimea which they took, uh, Russia took in 2015, the evangelical pastors there, all their buildings were taken, their freedoms were taken, they're stripped of basically rights, of religious rights, and they've had to go underground. So that was just 2015, and that's Crimea. So they realized there is a religious rights issue going by, uh, uh, you know, alongside of this, this war. Okay, just so I can get all my geography right. Where is Crimea in relation to Ukraine and Russia and where you guys were out there in Poland? Well, that's part of it was part of Ukraine. I mean, it's disputed now because they took Russia came in and took it from Ukraine. Um, so it's kind of the basically the uh, eastern part uh, of Ukraine, east, east, south. So um, anyway, so they, they they lost it to Russia. Now, there's a lot of Russians in that area. Uh Rightly so, but again, it was Ukrainian territory with, a, you know, they're all Ukrainians in the past until 2015, and they took that. And now the, the, they've given rights to the Orthodox Church, but not rights to the evangelicals there for freedom of worship and expression and to be entities within um, Russian control Crimea. Okay, just to clarify, this is the Russian Orthodox Church, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay, I don't know everything I should about the Russian Orthodox Church, but this is a state-run church from what I understand. Is that right? And how does it differ from evangelical Christianity? Yeah, there's context there because a lot of people have to understand that during all those years of Soviet Union, the Soviet Union literally placed bishops that were atheist communist party members to be the leadership of the Orthodox Church. So they infiltrated the basically governmental Orthodox, Russian Orthodoxy with non-believers. Now, not to say there's some precious Orthodox priests today who love the Lord and trying to do His work, but it's mixed with politics and control and connected to the government. So that's where it gets messy, while the evangelicals don't have that kind of, you know, don't have that kind of connection to the government so they don't like playing with the evangelicals as much. So at the end of the day, again, if the Ukrainians you know, lose this war, uh, we're going to see a vast proportion of the evangelical Christian community there in Ukraine now um, stripped of, of rights and going back to house churches and 
you know, persecution. I have a lot more questions, but we got to run to a break. So when we get back, we're going to talk more about what's happening in Ukraine. And we're also going to talk about religious persecution throughout the rest of the world. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International, and he just got back from Poland. He was part of the RLP, that's the Religious Liberties Partnership. And at the conference, they were talking about Ukraine and Russia. And David, I want to give you a minute to sum up what's happening there in Ukraine for our listeners. And you were just talking about how there's a lot of fear right now with the Ukrainians that Russia will come in and religious persecution will be set back many, many years in the region, be set back to the 90s and before where there was a great amount of religious persecution, especially towards Christians. Give us a synopsis of what's happening there in Ukraine and Russia. Yeah, well, a lot of grief and a lot of fear, obviously, of where it might go. Even while we were there, uh, they got reports that one of the seminary uh, professors was killed right before they got up to speak. And some other pastors we found have been killed, too. It very well could be casualties of war. We don't know if they were targeted because of their faith. Uh, So they're looking at that issue. Uh, But overall, Mark, the positive that we got out of it is that the Ukrainians are seeing that the church internally and around the world has rallied to their support. It's been a credible witness. We've, uh, I got reports how Christian organizations working with secularizations across the board in unity to help people out. That's built re- relationships, friendships, respect, and how Ukrainians on great numbers are turning to the Lord, calling upon Him. And this is really set up, I think, for even possible revival and even you know happening right now in Ukraine. And and you know, and we need it through. Europe, because all of Europe is is feeling this. So there's encouragement with that. God is working, but I'm just asking people to really pray for the Ukrainian church and for God to continue to build off of that that unity and, and collaboration, because that is having a big impact. Well, our prayers are going to go out to those who are being persecuted and who are suffering there in Ukraine. David, I really appreciate that frontline report back. You were able to interact with people face-to-face who are facing that type of religious persecution. It's just so heartbreaking to hear that there are Christian leaders who are already facing persecution. It's also my understanding that Russell Stendhal was at the conference, Mm -hmm. and in the upcoming newsletter, Russell shares about his interaction with folks who are there in Ukraine and what his ministry is doing that's featured in the upcoming newsletter that we're putting out and that's over at spirit of martyrdom if you don't have that newsletter we'd really encourage you to subscribe to that newsletter you can do so at spiritofmartyrdom.com david i know there's a lot going on in ukraine but there's also religious persecution that's happening all throughout the rest of the world. Give us a quick update as far as some of the other hotbeds for religious persecution and what we should know and how we can be praying. 
Well, we got an extensive report on the stands, the five stands there, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, um, the Turkmenistan, uh, in basically Central Asia, that whole area. And it varies, again, the believers there who there's some more freedoms have been given there to the evangelicals and, and believers, and then other places, Uzbekistan has been a, is a little bit better right now. Uh, but uh, you know some of the other uh, areas of Central Asia, obviously the worst being uh, Afghanistan. Um, that is absolutely no tolerance now. Open Doors put as the number one uh, persecuted uh, place in the world where it's no tolerance. If you're found to be a Christian, you're, be, you're put to death. So uh, we, you know, we prayed for that and, and just talking about the needs, how we could continue to be an influence, encourage the believers that still are there, deeply underground in some of those places. Um, so that was very, you know, uh, effective and. And good. And then, you know, one of the subjects in the uh, task force they have, Mark, is on apostasy laws, uh, because in the world, in Islamic nations, uh, the by the fundamental Islam, if a Muslim leaves Islam, you're there to be put to death. Thirteen nations today, Islamic nations, still have those on the law that. Uh, you know, to be put to death, like Pakistan, blasphemy laws, Martania, blasphemy laws, um, you know, and so, and, and you just Google that online to get all those those uh, Islamic nations, but there's over 50 majority Islamic nations out there, and all of them are influenced by uh, apostasy, Sharia, religious law, if it's not even secular, you know, governmental law. And, um, you know, so one, that's one of the things that we speak up for, because many Christians are persecuted by that, where specifically Muslims, who ultimately, it's ironic, I tell you about leadership here, is Muslims, uh, Muslims have no, quote unquote, societal freedom to believe what they want. They either believe Islam or they die, can't they? And, and so, you know, the whole Islamic world is captured, is is captured in this ideological cage cell. And, um, you know, that's uh, God's first gift to mankind was the gift of choice between the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree of life, which you and I have talked about before. And so as an organization, be, you know, looking at religious liberties, we're looking always at ways to, one is to be a voice for religious liberties for, you know, all Muslims that they have the choice, and certainly Muslims that choose to leave Islam, whether it's Christianity, secularism, Buddhism, Hinduism, whatever, they 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 should have the right to a freedom of thought and choice, assembly, and on and on. Um, but obviously, those who come to Christ, it's a double offense, and we try to especially you know their their brothers, sisters in Christ, and we especially try to be a voice and advocate for them. And there's a side of ROP that's both legal uh, advocacy and then the ministry side where we try to be boots on the ground of, you know, practical supplies. We're on the ministry practical supplies and spiritual encouragement and the Word of God side. Uh, but it's really great, again, the power of collaboration and looking at these issues. So that's another issue we looked at. And then uh, one of the issues they brought out is women being persecuted. They've seen indicators that uh, women are uh, are persecuted uh, 34 different ways, while men are persecuted 20, uh, I believe it's 27 different ways and they came up with. So it's much more complex and women are more vulnerable in other ways. And, and so it's important as working with the persecuted church that we also understand gender differences in a way people are persecuted, in a way also to bring a, be a, a healing community, to bring healing and hope 
um, when you know genders have, uh, have gone through persecution in different ways that they need to actually be served and different ways to, to help train the persecuted church of how to identify persecution and really how to protect and provide a healing place for them. Um, for their people. And the last I'll just mention is now they've made a task force for, for children and the uniqueness of how children are persecuted as opposed to adults. Uh, and we talk, and they're just beginning that. And so we're getting trying to pull that apart so to be more effective in serving the persecuted church. So David, quickly as we're bringing the show to a close, tell us what can we do to help out those who are suffering much for Jesus right now? Yeah, let me just tag it to, you know, Mark, you and I always like to to, you know, c- connect our leadership principles to the Word of God. And today, talking about collaboration, uh, you know, I just wanted to point out that as people respond to the need, uh, they're glorifying the Lord and honoring Him. Psalms 133.2 says, It is like precious oil on the head running down on the beard, of the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of the rose of those who are in unity. And, and so the unity, it brings, the oil was refreshment, uh, you know, like in the desert, and and again taking the bo to beautiful aroma, and so that's the that's a picture of the metaphor, the unity that we have with believers when we come together. And then I love Malachi it says, "Then those who fear the Lord spoke with one another, and the Lord paid attention and heard them, and the book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed His name." So when we begin to collaborate together, we get God's attention, and now we're. Co- collaborating with the Holy Spirit. And um, and so that's God's command to be effective leaders that we begin to collaborate. So we're inviting people to collaborate with us, sign up for our newsletter, um, you know, pray, get involved, give as you feel led, speak out. Um, and you'll even for this podcast we talk about, I think you usually wrap it up. Even as you share the podcast, that's a way to let make people aware of what's going on and maybe that they could be involved. Yeah, we want to encourage you to step out in becoming a better leader in the kingdom of God. And At Risk Radio invites you to get involved with those who are risking much for Jesus. And one of the best ways to get involved is by subscribing to our newsletter. Our full color newsletter comes out every month and features stories from those who are serving on the front lines in the most difficult, the most restrictive areas in the world for the gospel. You can sign up at either atriskradio.com or at spiritofmartyrdom.com. Well, until next time, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.